At this time, KCICFM invites you to join us for our weekly live broadcast of Pear Park Baptist Church. Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6. Again, I'd like to continue to just ask if you keep Pastor David in prayer as they travel back. They're coming back this week, so looking forward to having them back and spend the time with them again. And just pray for their safety as they come across, uh, come across the country. Matthew chapter number 6. We have been looking at the Lord's Prayer. And if you will, uh, those of you that may not have had the opportunity to sit in the last couple uh, messages, um, we've been doing, I'm working on a series on the Lord's Prayer. And primarily, it is a series that just goes through um, when, when it says, Teach us to pray. And, and we're looking at that. In Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse number 9. And I'm going to read the, the few passages right there. It says in verse number 9, After this manner pray therefore, or therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom power, and the glory forever. Amen. So we look at this passage of scripture, I've broken it down, and uh, I've, I've made it into, if you will, just a simple acrostic of the word prayers, P-R-A-Y-E-R-S. And we have looked at the first one, and, and the first one there, if, if, if you're taking notes, the first one of the P, the prominence of the Father is verse number 9. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The R of prayers is the revelation of the Son, thy kingdom come. And then the accomplishment of the Spirit, thy will be done as earth as it is in heaven. And then the Y is the yielding of our provision. And we look at that in verse number 12, and it says, And forgive us our debts. As we, for, I'm sorry, yielding of provision, give us this day our daily bread, in verse number 11, I'm sorry. Uh, exercise of forgiveness, in verse number 12, forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Rescue from the evil one, in verse number 13, lead us not in temptation, deliver us from evil. And then a salutation of praise, for thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever, amen. Tonight we're going to take and we're going to be, this is the third in the, in the series, but it's actually just the second of the acrostic. It's the R, the revelation of the Son. We're going to look at that tonight as we um, open up the Word. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Thank you for today. Thank you for the beauty outside and the folks that are in here. And Lord, just thank you for this nation that we can serve you. I do ask that you'll open our hearts, open our minds to receive your Word. Hide me behind the cross, in Jesus' name. Amen. Revelation of the Son. If you think about it, we looked at the first thing is the prominence of the Father. Our Father, that, that relationship, which art in heaven, that location, hallowed be thy name. And that beautiful picture of who he is. And then we're looking at the kingdom that is coming. This different aspect has a couple words. It's just... Just, just simple, simple phrase, thy kingdom come. Three simple little words that we're going to look at tonight. But it has a huge ramification of how we live our Christian life. How do you live your life? 
You ever thought of that? Do you live it day by day? Or do you live it with eternity in mind? Do you live it one moment at a time and say, you know what, I'm just going to take and uh, live as the Hellenistic society did one moment, whatever whatever I want I'm going to fulfill right now? Or do you look for the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? It has got a large context in our life to how we live it. The simple word thy, it is a pronoun, refers to the Father. It's not of human origin. This is not a human kingdom. This is not a kingdom of, 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 of man's building, but this is a, a heavenly kingdom, and we'll look at that. And then even the word uh, basilia, which is the word kingdom, it talks specifically about that royalty, that, that dominion, that power. And then I like this, the word come, simply. It, it, it's, but it, it is not just come here, it is immediate. On the way. Right now. It has the very picture of quickly, instantaneous, and it has that idea of that sudden appearance. Have you ever prayed that? Our Lord, come. I remember as a pastor up in Hayden, there was messages, and, and as pastors, the pastors that are in this room will probably think of it, uh, there's messages you don't always want to preach, but you know you have to preach that message. There's some messages you do, and what you're doing is when you're sitting there waiting for the special music to end, you're praying for the rapture from that seat to this pulpit, your Lord, take me out of here now because I don't want to preach this message, but you have to. That's that whole picture of this. If we ever prayed for that, come, Lord, even come. So come quickly. Ah. Are you ready? Think about it. Okay. Are you all happy? Good. T tell your face. Just let your face know that you're happy, and I'll see those smiles. That's the smiles I want to see. Come quickly. And that's the way we look at that. that, that to, to pray that picture, that thy kingdom come, as we pray that, that revelation of the Son, as we pray that, is we are praying for that sudden, that absolute rule of God over the entire world. And that is fulfilled in one person, Jesus Christ. So we are praying for thy kingdom to come. So I've got a couple points here. As you know me, I always love to give out my, my outline before I go too far. This is a petition. And this petition has three aspects to it. The petition is personal, the petition is prophetic, and the petition is practical. Personal, prophetic, and practical. What a great opportunity to look into the Word. I believe we've already prayed, but I just want to ask the Word again. Father, open our hearts. In Christ's name, amen. The petition is personal. Praying for the glorification of God in the future. Well, let me even state it this way. Praying for glorification of God in the future. I'll have to stay here. Praying for glorification of God in the future without living or glorifying God in the present is hypocritical. Have you ever thought of that? If we're not living a life that is glorifying God today, then why should we pray for the glorification of God in the future? We need to live a life that's pleasing to Him, that is glorifying Him. It is, it is expressed 
the purpose of him being our Lord, him being our sovereign, him being our God. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, and we're living a life that says, thy kingdom come, it's going to be evident in a couple ways. So we're going to take a little journey through the Bible, if you would. Crack your fingers if you have to, because we're going to look at a few passages. Just one, two, skip a few, 30, 40, somewhere in there. First thing I want you to see is a life that is glorifying to God is evident in your personal desires. What are your personal desires? Your personal desires, placing God above all things, or placing ourselves above all things. What is your personal desires? Psalm, verse, uh, Psalm 9, the ninth Psalm. I made a mistake in college one time. I said, go to uh, Psalm chapter number 9. The professor was very quick to point out, there are no chapters, there are Psalms. And I got in a lot of trouble. So go to the ninth Psalm. <laughs> we say that all the time, Psalm chapter number 9. But go to the ninth Psalm, verse number 1. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. Have you ever thought of that? Just, these, these two verses right here. Uh, I got this in my devotions just the other day. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all the marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praises of thy name. It is that choice of worship. I will praise the Lord. I will proclaim the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will sing to the Lord. I'll do it. I'll do it. That petition, thy will, I'm sorry, thy kingdom come is personal because we are living a life that is glorifying God in our realm so we can look forward to the glory of God in the kingdom to come. It is a praise of him. So you're at Psalm 9. You can go over to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse number 2. <clears throat> Psalm 119, verse number 2. Blessed are they that keep his commandments and seek him with a whole heart. Have you ever had a whole heart on something? And have you ever had a partial heart on something? Yeah, I, you have. And I have also. You know, somebody says, hey, Brother Ditches, I'm, I'm going to be mucking out the barns on Saturday. You want to come help? And you're like, yeah, I'll see if I can get there. And no, you know you're not. Yeah, I'll try and get there. Friday night you call and you say, oh, you're not. <laughs> Silly me, I had a, had a dentist appointment. Yeah, I had to go to that. Make up some excuse. Your whole heart wasn't there. But I'll guarantee if it's something of mucking out stalls or something worse or something better, if your heart's in it, there's nothing that will stop you from getting there. Nothing. With my whole heart will I seek thee. Do you have your whole heart to seek him? It's evident in our relationship to him and our desires. So in our evident desires, first off, it is our heart. Second, it's evident uh, desires of our mind. I appreciate Nathaniel's message the other day. First off, I must tell you this. As a pastor, I always told my kids if I use them in a sermon illustration, I would have to buy them ice cream. I learned that from pastor way back in the day. 
Nathan used me as a sermon illustration the other day. Yes. But I'm using him now. No. So I have to buy him ice cream. But I appreciate uh, his openness the other day when he was preaching to listen. You know, sometimes in the message, your mind wanders. You know, it does. It, it, it wanders. But go with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 5. I memorized this passage a long time ago. And if you have not memorized this passage, I, I encourage you to memorize this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 5. It really talks about our mind. What is our desires? When we pray, thy kingdom come, and we're not living like it, it's because our mind. 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought unto the obedience, and I love that word, obedience of Christ. Where's your mind? Where's your mind? I'm not just talking during church service because our mind is here during church service, but where's your mind the rest of the time? Is it evident in our personal desires that we want the Lord's kingdom to come? And then also in our testimony. It's evident in our personal desires, but is it evident in our public testimony? Think about your public testimony. You're out among town. There are certain things that you can't do. There are certain places you can't go. And you say, oh, I'm free. You're right. You are correct. The Bible does talk about freedom. And we talk... Uh, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So yes, you are free of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, faithness, meekness, temperance. You're free. That's my Christian liberty. You are correct. You are free to worship the Lord Jesus Christ in the beauty of holiness. That is Christian liberty in its highest beauty. But there's some places that our testimony would be scarred if we went our public testimony. Do people know that you have a public testimony that today you're living as if the Lord is everything to you? Do they have that testimony view? Philippians chapter 3, verse number 20. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. The Bible says, just very clear about, about really ultimately our citizenship. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 20. The Bible says this. For our conversation, the word, it, it is the picture of, 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 of citizenship. Uh, it, it's a poli, it's a poliuma, it's a, it's, it's basically, it's, it's, it's a political realm, but it's, it's our citizenship. Our citizenship, our conversation is in heaven from whence we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Where's your citizenship? I wanted to uh, look something up. And I did not get the research done. But I was born and raised in the United States of America. That makes me a United States citizen. Now, I can break the law, but I don't lose my citizenship. And I, when I said I wanted to look something up, I wanted to look up, is there one thing that can make you lose your citizenship? I don't believe there is. I really don't know. Um, but uh, even, even if you're into espionage, the United States wants you back. <laughs> like, okay, come on back. We got, we got a little a happy hotel for you to stay in. 
you don't lose that citizenship. Our citizenship, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, is in heaven. And as we are living in the United States of America, we have certain regulations, laws over us. And that comes with the citizenship of the United States, and we obey those laws. As citizens of heaven, we have certain regulations and laws over us. Do you live a life that you're constantly bucking those laws? You're constantly wanting to push the envelope on the spiritual laws of Christ, of the Lord? I'm not talking about taking and working your way for merits of grace. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking just living a life that's pleasing to the Lord. Do you live a Christian life that is grievous? Or do you live a life that is obedient? 1 John 5, 3, the Bible says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not grievous. Our public testimony is a testimony that should be what is said about us. Have you ever thought, what do people say about me? Say, oh, that guy's got a hot temper. That lady really has, and you fill in the blank. That guy has, you fill in the blank. What does the public say about you? Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Well, I'm in Psalms. I'll have to go the other direction. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 16. If you stayed there in Matthew... Uh, chapter number 6, you can just go right on over. But Matthew chapter 5, verse number 16. The Bible says this. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify. And that's the picture that I want you to see. Glorify your Father which is in heaven. The Lord's prayer. Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Why would we pray for the Lord's kingdom come in the future if we're unwilling to live for it today? It's a good question. Many times we want a belief system, a religious system that molds to our lifestyle. Something that we, you know, that feels pretty good. Almost like the, almost like the smorgasbord at the local buffet. You know, go down there, I like that, but I don't like that, I like that, but I don't like that, I don't like that, I like that. I would have to say, as a human nature, if you took this Bible and you took a pen knife to it, first off, I wouldn't recommend it. It's already happened once in the Bible and it did not turn out well. But if you took a knife to the Bible and cut out the verses you did not like on one particular day, before long, you would be destroying almost all of it because there's a point at which it affects our life, all of our life. You can't do that. It's not a smorgasbord. We look at it, we listen to it, and we heed it. But this petition is personal, but there's only one way it can be personal, and it can only be personal if we have that relationship with the Lord. That's the only way it can be personal. That's it. I will come up to y'all and this microphone's not live. This microphone's live. Cover the microphone. I'll shake hands. 
I know, that's not right. But I won't give you a hug. It's not personal. My wife, I'll give her a hug. You see, the Lord, you have to have that relationship with Him, that personal relationship with Him in order to be able to truly live a life that you're looking forward to His return. Looking forward to it. So the petition is personal. Secondly, it says, Thy kingdom come. So you're praying for it personally. Secondly, Thy kingdom come. It is prophetic. We're talking about something that has been brought forth through the entire Bible. And I want you to go back, if you would, to Isaiah chapter number 9, verse number 6. You are literally praying for the fulfillment of prophecy. When you say, thy kingdom come, you're praying for the fulfillment to be done. Isaiah chapter number 9, verse number 6. You probably, once you start quoting this passage or even start looking at this passage, you're going to say, ah, I know that. We quote it all the time around Christmas. The Bible says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and just, justice from henceforth even forever. And he talks about the zeal. Forever. When you're praying, thy kingdom come, you're praying for the fulfillment of prophecy. You're in Isaiah, I'm, yeah, you're in Isaiah, go a couple more pages over to Daniel, if you would. Um, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. If you'll go over to Daniel, chapter number 2, in verse number 44. Daniel chapter number 2, verse 44. This is praying for the fulfillment of prophecy. Daniel chapter 2, verse number 44. The Bible says this, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, and shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Now, when it says in these days there's got to be an antecedent, there's got to be... There's got to be something it's referring to. Verse number 44 is referring, back to, is referring back to verse 34 and verse number 35. Just that picture, that, that big, that, 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 that vision, Nebuchadnezzar's, that, that, of, of the kingdoms. But God will set up a throne. So you are praying, ultimately, for the fulfillment of prophecy. And you say, well, that's Old Testament. Well, then let's go to the New Testament. Luke chapter number 1, in verse 32. Luke chapter number 1, verse 32. And verse number 33. The Bible says this, Luke chapter 1, verse number 32. He shall be great, shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be be no end. So we are ultimately praying for the fulfillment of prophecy. We're praying for that divine kingdom. We're praying for that specific. Just as surely as he was born on the earth, just as surely as he lived and died, there will be a day when he will rule 
and he will reign in glory and righteousness. We're praying for that fulfillment. We're praying for that divine kingdom. But when you pray, thy kingdom come, not only are you praying for a divine kingdom, you're praying for a different kingdom. Have you ever thought of that? You're really ultimately praying for that. You say, a different kingdom? Yeah. Go to Romans chapter number 8, verse 22. Romans chapter 8, verse 22. Romans chapter 8, verse number 22. You're praying for that divine kingdom. You're praying for all that prophecy to be fulfilled. But you're also praying for a different kingdom to come upon this earth because the one we're in right now really is kind of discouraging. Looking for the new one. Romans chapter 8, verse number 22. The Bible says this. For we know that the whole creation groaneth. It's under the curse. And travaileth in pain together until now. I don't need to raise a hands, but how many of y'all are looking for that different kingdom? Oh, that one where, where we're, that curse is lifted. It is, it is a, the, the, the present kingdom we're in is the one that is all creation is groans in its bondage. All the world lies under the grip of the sin. There is, it is evil to its core. You know, there are National Day of Prayer, National Day of this, National Day of that, National Day. Last Thursday, they pushed for a, day, a national day on Friday that was just evil to its core. I'm not going to tell you what the day was. Some of you in this room do know and you weep over it. But our nation is getting worse and worse and worse. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that as an as a apocalyptic preacher, but man, I'm looking forward to when we sit down and we pray and say, Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. It's kind of an exciting thought, if you know the Lord. Praying for that different kingdom, because the present one that we have right now is under the pain of curse. But pray, praying for a promised kingdom. Look, Revelation chapter number 11, verse number 15. Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. So we have a present kingdom that's under the curse. But there's a promised kingdom. Revelation chapter 11, verse number 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there was great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of the world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Today, Satan rules. He's the prince in the power of the air. In the future, Christ will rule. Today, Satan blinds the eyes. In the future, Christ will reveal and illuminate. Today, Satan darkens, but Christ has revealed. The whole book of Revelation, Apocalypsis, the unveiling, the opening up, he's revealed it. Praying for that different kingdom because the present one we have is under the curse, but the promised one that we have is coming. So, the petition, our kingdom, or thy kingdom come, it is personal, 
It is prophetic, but thirdly, it is practical. It's just practical. Praying for the kingdom of the Lord. We are praying that, that desire to see his work, to see his word, to see his work finished, to see his word fulfilled, to see his will in our life. We're praying for those specific. How can we see that happen? How do you see the word of God glorified? How do you see the work of God going forth? How do you see the will of God fulfilled? Thy kingdom come. We're praying for the, 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 that, pro, that, that revelation of the Son. We're praying for that, that to happen. We see it happen. We'll go to James 5.16. James 5.16, again, once I quote the passage, you'll know it. I'm even only going to give you a couple words. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Prayer. Prayer. Prayer is the way that we can pray and we can see the things around us fulfilled and gone. The affection. That, the effectual. Uh, effective. Fervent. Energale. We get a transliteration, energy, that active, to be efficient. That picture of of fervent, constant, going, going, going. We all like our electricity, and we hope it doesn't go out. That's really what it is. It's continual. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Through prayer. Through our priorities. We touched on it just a little bit, but I want you to see a little different. Galatians chapter number 2, verse 20. Galatians 2, 20. What is your priority? Now, we asked earlier, you know, about, uh, as, as, we, as we looked at the petition being personal and where our heart was and what our heart was desiring. Now, I'm going to get just a little bit deeper into this. What is your priority when it comes to our life? When it comes to this word? When it comes to the, wor the work of God? Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20. Do you truly believe this passage says, I am crucified with Christ? Nevertheless, I live. I do. We have a flesh and a blood, but Christ liveth in me. Yet not I. For the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Which priority? Glorifying him or glorifying ourselves? Which priority? Ephesians chapter 2, you're right there in Galatians, I just maybe three pages. Mine was one page. Galatians, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10. For we are his workmanship. Now, I'm going to use a few of you in this room as sermon illustrations. The fact that the ice cream only applies to my son is going to be something I tell you now. You will not get an ice cream cone. We're his workmanship. There are several woodworkers in this room. 
There are several young men, as I was even talking uh, just a little bit ago, uh, uh, welding, woodworking, making things. You ladies will create. Actually, nobody creates anything. We just make it. It's already been created. But we make things. Maybe you're a cook. But when you make that, whatever it is with woodworking or metallurgy or quilting or clothing or Mrs. Workman's cookies, which I haven't had in a while. Just saying, haven't had in one, two, three, four, five, six. Anyhow, when you, when you make something, it's yours. It is yours. You have the ability to use it. You own it. You have made it. You own it. You can allow it to be used however you want to. You can say, you know what? I really did not like this, and I can destroy it. I can get rid of it. We are his workmanship. Do you know that Christ, God, through Christ, owns you? If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, have accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior, he owns us. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, to God which hath before ordained that we should walk in them. 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 7, But we have this treasure in earthly vessels, that the excellency of the power of God and not of us. The petition is practical. It is through prayer, it is through priorities, and it is through practice. When you're properly burdened for a lost and dying word, world, when you say, thy kingdom come, and we're living a life that glorifies the kingdom of God today, and we're burdened for the cashier at Walmart, you get burdened for the person that's riding their bike on alongside the road, you might be getting burdened for the farmer that's out plowing the field, you get burdened for them. It becomes very practical. Thy kingdom come. Yes, Lord, I, man, I am so excited for thy kingdom come, but why am I not telling anybody else about your kingdom? Well, I guess I kind of want it just to myself. Isn't that the way it generally is? When we are burdened for a lost and dying world, we will go into that world and we'll preach the gospel. One of the uh, requirements for, uh, for uh, actually it was my missions course in college, um, was I had to write a 15-page paper. I don't know why they like those numbers. Five-page, 10-page, 15-page, 20, 25. It's like one would be nice. One page. Two pages is really good. 15 pages. The, the, the requirement for the college was highway and hedges. That was it. Write a 15-page paper on highway and hedges. What is your highway? Have you ever thought about that? Go out into the highways and hedges. What's your highway? Yeah, that's the, that's the people that you connect with. You know, that's our super highway. I am good friends with, y'all know that I like agriculture and stuff and horses and so I'm, you know, but I'm not so real savvy with computer programmers. Sorry, Brother Jesse, I love you. I just don't understand you. No, I'm just kidding. What's your highway and what's your hedge? So I can go out on the highway and talk to the agricultural crowd, but the other crowds, I'm not, I don't, I don't, 
visit with them much. So does that mean let's just leave them alone? No, go out. And the same thing is for you. There's crowds that you click with, and there's crowds that you don't. Go out. When you get that thy kingdom come burden in your heart, you're going to go out into the highways and the hedges. doesn't matter who they are. There's a, a little area of Grand Junction, and it is called Pitkin and Ute. Two main streets. Pitkin goes to Palisade, Ute goes to Utah, just in case you didn't know that. That's, that's why I keep it straight. Y'all welcome for that. So Pitkin and Palisade, 5th Street and 4th Street. You've driven by it more than once, probably even today, maybe. Between 5th Street and 4th Street, Pitkin and Palisade, there's a park right there. And in the middle of that park, there's a lot of people out there. When's the last time you've rolled down your window, not handing them any money, handing them track? I'm even the same. When's the last time I've done it? When we get that burden, it doesn't matter who the highways and the hedges are. Those folks would be my hedge. They're not the ones that I generally hang around with but they need the Lord. Thy kingdom come, Lord, not only for me, but for the entire world, and see as many people go with us as we can. It is practical. There's a passage of Scripture. I do not need you to open your Bibles to this. I need you to look over my right shoulder, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Are we ashamed of the gospel of Christ? Do we truly believe it is the dunamis, the power, that uncontrolled power? Do we truly believe that? Then when we go to the Lord in prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. When we come to that phrase, thy kingdom come, we're going to want to see that power evident, brought forth. The power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek. That power. And this is the last passage I'm going to have you turn to. I want you to turn to Romans chapter number 12. Because I think this passage of Scripture is one of them that is very, very, very powerful. Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. I beseech you. I beg you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your out-of-question service. You know that's not what the passage says. Reasonable. It's a reasonable service. It is... Really, that service that is, it, it's not unacceptable. It is not impossible. It's not even expected. It's just reasonable. Reasonable service. And be not conformed to the world, but be transformed. It's a reasonable service. So this is through practice. Very practical application of thy kingdom come. When we see that we have a, a, a burden and that we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, we will see others burdened for the Lord also. If you've got a little pen, I don't 
there's the little quote that I thought, it's, it's, it's one that, and I, I hope it's fine, it's not original with me, but I wrote this down because I thought this was very, very important. We cannot pray, thy kingdom come, until we're first willing to say, my kingdom go. When we come to a point where we present ourselves as that living sacrifice, and we come to a point where we say, thy kingdom come, and we know that that passage of scripture is talking so much about who he is, it's personal. What he's going to do, it's prophetical. And then our position in it, it's practical. Thy kingdom come. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you so much for tonight. I do ask, Lord, that as we look through this passage of Scripture and continue on in, in messages to come, Lord, that you'll give us that burden for prayer. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for our weekly live broadcast from Para Park Baptist Church. We pray the service was a blessing to all our listeners. Our earnest prayer is that you personally have trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Romans 6 and verse 23 tells us the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Romans 10:13 tells us, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you'd like to trust Christ, you must first believe that you're a sinner, deserving of God's judgment, and that Christ died to pay God's penalty for your sin, and that he rose again from the dead then you may right now pray. And according to Romans 10.13, call upon God and ask for salvation through Jesus Christ. If you've made a decision to trust Christ, let us know. The number of the offices at Fair Park Baptist Church is 434-4113. Someone's generally available to take calls during regular weekday business hours. In addition, the best means to spiritual help and growth is through faithful attendance at a Bible-believing church. We would encourage you to be at the very next service of Pear Park Baptist Church. Our weekly prayer meeting and Bible study is at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Sunday schools at 10 o'clock a.m. Sunday mornings with the worship service at 11 and at 6.30 p.m. the evening service. Pear Park Baptist Church is a fundamental Bible-preaching and Bible-believing church located here in Grand Junction at 3102 E Road. And once again, we appreciate your joining us for this live broadcast of Pear Park Baptist Church.